Morning, JB. Uh, is that a leaf blower I can hear in the background? Yeah, morning, morning, Churchy. Yes, uh, sorry for struggling to hear me. We've got a few few problems down the ground here this morning. There's a few um, damp patches underneath the covers, but a rain has seeped in, so we're looking at a delayed start. We're just trying to clear that up now, Churchy. Well, hello once again. The clinic's doors are open. This is an Ashes Clinic Christmas special. A very happy Christmas to one and all. I hope you're all together, families, round the fire, near the tree, opening presents, all that good Christmas stuff. I hate to tell you this, everybody, but the Ashes has gone already, sadly. Uh, three tests gone, and Australia are 3-0 up, if you hadn't already noticed. So... Disappointing, I think, would be would be one word we could use. I, I'm delighted to say, as always, from all oh, from 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 a kids' party. <laughs> Johnny Barrett joins us. Good 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 morning, JB. Where are you? Ah, uh, Churchy. Very good morning. I'm in my my country seat, of course, as ever. Uh, sat at the Old Thorns Golf and Country Club uh, on the Hampshire Riviera. Well, not quite on the banks of the A3, looking out on a very empty, windswept, cold miserable driving range yes well let's try and cheer everybody up a bit there barry uh just just very quickly just yes. for listeners who listened to the last uh ashes clinic podcast of course you you suddenly let slip that you were a crayfish farmer in a previous life uh, and you you were for, yeah well you said hampshire on the podcast but but there was almost a moment where you were going to be on radio 4 to discuss crayfish well, well, of course. Actually, funny enough, yes. No, I said no. Naughty, of course, is the is the Hampshire crayfish farmer. I was a Yorkshire crayfish farmer, um, uh, which Dave Townsend uh, disputed. But uh, just go on, just go on Google and Wikipedia, old boy, and you'll you'll find out a bit more. But uh, anyway, yes. Uh, the previous life, Jerry. Previous life. Now, Baron, thoughts. It, it, we're done and dusted. That Australia have already done it. So, what what are your thoughts after Perth? Well, I think it's something like, I think England have scored three, 400 in the first innings, the, uh, three out of the last five tests. And all of them, they've, they've managed to lose. The, the reality is, on flat decks, England have no answers with their attack. They can't score as many runs as the opposition, and they get, they get trundled out in, in good time. Um, this has been a theme, I think, that we've seen across the last 10 years, if not, if not longer. England need to be in inclement, helpful conditions, and then rely on... A fantastic set of circumstances for cricket to go in their direction. Um, they were outplayed. I thought it was a miracle, to be honest, that they got to 360 for four due to outstanding batting by Bairstow and Milan. I still think, although people said they should have gone on beyond, beyond 400, I think 400 absolutely flattered them in that first innings. It was only because of two outstanding innings uh, that they got as far, but uh, they had no answers as far as the, uh, the, the bat of Steve Smith once again. Is there a Christmas party going on behind you? Uh, it's very thin on the ground here. In oh. fact, actually, do you know what? It hasn't, the sales team have, have let their eye off the ball here because there hasn't been... There's been scraps. Usually there's team meetings, people rolling out of breakfast meetings half-cut, and there's none of that today. It's, uh, it's quiet as a mouse here. Absolutely quiet as a mouse. Now, now Barrett, you and I... You know, we, we, we take these things to heart, don't we? Yeah. And and uh, whenever I've got a bit of a problem, you know the person yeah. I always turn to? 
Mother. Mother. Always Mrs. mother. Mrs. C. And I am... Because re- it's Christmas, guess who's sat next to me? Oh, hello, Mrs. C. Mrs. C is here. Mrs. C is here. And, and Mum, what you've seen what Johnny and I have been up to. Um, What are your thoughts? Come on, make us feel better, Mum. Oh, well, I know how important this is to you and Johnny. You've been looking forward to the ashes for so long. But, you know... There's an, a lot to be positive about. And we must say hats off to Australia. They've been an absolutely wonderful team and definitely the better team. But there's a chance now for um, England to bounce back in Melbourne, as they did in 1978, which I think was under the captaincy of the lovely Alex Stewart, if I'm right. <laughs> it was, yeah, but not 1978. <laughs> 1998. Oh, 1998. Oh, Stu- not 76. Oh, so there is also a really good chance that they'll be successful this Christmas. And remember now we're heading into a new year. So you lads, don't be too upset. Think of the poor fans that are out there watching England play. They must be really sad. But let's put that behind us just for a little while. Have a very happy Christmas and a healthy new year. And that's what we really need, isn't it? Wow. I I don't know about you, I feel better. Uh, I thought Mum read that pretty well, but the real, the real, the real feeling at the end of that. Mum's going to stay here uh, just for some sort of Christmassy tips and things like that. But yes, I, I think the thing for me in Perth was it was all just very obvious again. That 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 was the problem. And, and even though I was remaining optimistic because I always do, you just sort of knew what was going to happen. And and you know, fair play to Milan. Boy, did he bat his socks off. Bearstow as well. But again, and, and the bit, we'll get onto this in a minute because I've had a bit of a rant on Twitter about sort of England selection and things like that this week. But it's the same old stuff again. It, it's always yeah. the same. I mean, there's a couple of points I'd like to make, Georgie. Firstly, when it came to selection for this test tour, there was a lot of doubts across Stoneman, uh, James Vince and David Milan. Actually, if you look at the performances of all three of them, mm. Vince included here, they've done they've done beyond anybody's wildest expectations. The problem England have had, one, they've batted Bairstow out of position. Even at six, I think he's far too low. And secondly, Cook, Root and Moen Ali are barely worth a place in the side at the, at the moment on current form. And this is, this is the problem. I think all the new guys, Craig Overton, another example of somebody who's mm. bowled his socks up, the, rea- the reality, I think, the, the reality is, on in health and helpful conditions, you know, we are a gun match pretty much for any for any side in the world. And I, interesting enough, a point actually made on another podcast that if you look at, is there any difference between this side, the England side, and the side of the nineteen nineties? The difference in the nineteen nineties, for instance, is that we at home played on 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 uh, away team surfaces. Yeah. Do you remember the old? the old Trafford test against the Windies where the first ball disappeared over Atherton's shoulder off a half volley length and I think had we had for instance in the 90s we'd have played in the kind of conditions that we play in at home these days I think England would have fared fantastically the reality you know we had competed in some away tests in that era these days we're, we're, what are we on a run of now seven defeats in a row and I think it'll be eight in eight in the space of nine it's an extraordinary sequence the, the, the way i'd equate it and and you know people are going to shout at me for saying this uh, jimmy anderson stuart broad i think have been brilliant bowlers for england yeah. absolutely brilliant but it's the equivalent now for me of a football team having a striker who can score at home but can't score away 
Now, you have to be a damn good football team to allow that person to play. Basically, you have to be Man City with lots of money. You you can't just do it at home. It's got to be away as well. And if I think now, what I'm waiting for is the report, because there will be. It always happens. Um, and anyone who wants to blame county cricket, come around and see me, and we'll have a proper chat face-to-face about that. Because it's not... County cricket is not the problem. County cricket is the solution to the fact that these boys have gone out there to Australia and let's be honest, haven't been ready for what came at them and we all knew what was coming at them. So uh, there's got to be, and I don't think it's whole, I don't want wholesale, I don't want, you know, we, we've done all this, we've done, we've pushed the, the county championship to the margins anyway for T20. You're not going to stop that. I, 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 I'm a realist. You're not going to stop that. But if you really want to be competing away, you've got a plan. You've got to, You cannot tell me that Australia hadn't thought for the last four years, right, get England back here. Let's have a four-man, as it was, Pattinson obviously got injured, three-man pace attack, and let's blow them off the park. And it's exactly what they've done. And, and batting-wise, again, I'm sorry, it's not rocket science, any of this stuff. It really isn't rocket science. But the fact of the matter is, the Ashes are done. I'm hoping that England can bounce back in Melbourne. But what I'm, I'm more interested in is what the so-called aftermath will be. Um, I, you know, they, they always name the report... Um, don't they? After whoever wrote it, there was the Schofield report. I think Athers did yeah. one once. So I, I, I said to, to Lizzie Ammon of the Times, I'm really looking forward to the Michael Ball and, and Alfie Bow report this time. Um, but it, it will. I, I, just, I just don't want to go down that route. Small, small, smart changes, yes. But you don't need to start ripping up the playbook again. No, I mean I would agree. I, look, the, the bottom line is here is that England haven't got a team to compete in these conditions. And that's not their fault. It's just the, the fact that they haven't got pace and they're, they're without a spin option. And they've got, for whatever reason, batsmen of world class out of form. And, of course, their best player happens to be sitting on a beach in New Zealand. Now, the reason that England did fed so well in 10-11, an extraordinary performance. They had Graham Swan. They had a bit of pace with the likes of Stephen Finn early in the series. And, of course, Tim Tremlett, who was bowling oh, Chris. wheels in those days. And the reverse swing of, of Tim Bresnan. They were, they were a match for a very, very tidy Australian side in that series. But they don't have any. They've got seemingly nobody that can seem to, to get the ball off the straight after 15 overs. And the fact that they've had to carry Moen Ali, which I hate to say because he's been one of the most mm. outstanding players with bat mm. and ball in the mm. last 18 months. 400s this year, for instance. Mm. Or was it... Yeah, an outstanding player. It's just been a. It's just the, the fact that we go to Australia without a serviceable spinner, without anybody who can crank it up 88 to 92 on a regular basis. You really haven't got a prayer on flat surfaces because you're never going to score more than 500 because you're likely to lose wickets against the, the two new balls. It's never going to be serviceable beyond there. And sides are just going to get away from you. And um, I, you know, I wouldn't actually put a lot of criticisms towards this squad because I think they're playing out of their skins apart from unfortunately the senior players who just haven't come to the party Baron I am not I, I, I would never have a go at these players never have a go at these players selectors yes but these players this squad they're doing everything they can 
to, to you know, and they've shown some proverbials out there against this attack, you know, that uh, is pretty impressive, to be honest yeah. with you. But yeah, we'll get we'll get onto that in a minute. I, I'm get my, my, just one second because Mum's looking slightly concerned about how sort of animated I'm getting. You worried there, Mum? Do you think I should calm down? Not at all. If you feel that um, you feel strongly about this, and you can say it, can't you? See, yeah, there we go, Baron. You see, backing up from mother always helps, Baron. You know this. Uh, cor- correspondence, Baron. We've had quite a bit. Shall we? Shall we? Shall we crack on to correspondence? Yes. Okay. So, Surrey Pigeon, this is for you. A question for his lordship. Yeah. Could you ask that small child to just quieten down for a second, Baron? Sorry, is that picked up in the... No, it's uh, fine. It's fine. No, don't actually do that. It is Christmas. It it is Christmas. Are they there? Are they with you? Have you brought them? (laughs) Are you on duty? Actually, rather cheekily, we, they're outsourced to the in-laws at the moment, but we uh, we pick them back up tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, how much been, uh, how much out sorry. how much outsourcing have you done over the festive period? Not enough. Oh. Not enough. Oh. Is, is the short. When are they back tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, yes. Ah, yeah. so a, a romantic yeah. dinner with Mrs. Barron tonight, I take it. Ah, Carol's in the pub, but I'm of course I've got a little bit of Greenwich Greenwich Festival oh. to get through first. <laughs> First, uh, first call time three thirty. If anybody's interested, pop down. Yeah. See. Who's on tonight, Baron? Uh, oh, we've got Spark, who are rather marvellous LED drummers from Newcastle, from Martin's area. We've got uh, the Diamond Boys. We've got Ellen the Pocket Bells. Uh, who else? We got Don Letts is DJing later. <laughs> if only, can I be on it? If only, if only you were this good with stats, Baron, for remembering <laughs> your acts. Absolutely. Now, okay, shall we get back to, back to yes. Surrey Pigeon, right? So, for his lordship, post-loss ashes cocktail, please, Baron? Yeah. What would you have? Oh, porn star martini every day. One of my favourites. again, classic. sorry? Porn star martini is my favourite cocktail. <laughs> uh, which is, I think it's... Oh, gosh. Well, the, the, it's with a, a shot of champagne, isn't it? And then it's... Um, not grapefruit pomegranate oh it's amazing but that is that is the cocktail of choice at christmas can lead to some fairly hairy moments though <laughs> uh and sorry pigeon would like to wish you and everybody else a happy christmas Barrett. thank you sorry pigeon and to you yeah the the only the 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 only advice i give to sorry pigeon is just just went just make sure you're in the right place when you order that cocktail yeah, yeah, okay it's, a, it's an absolute belter an absolute belter you find it anywhere and uh, yeah, real that, that little shot of champagne at the end gives you a right old kick. Just what's it called again for everyone? Uh, porn star martini. Gypsy creams has been in touch. Uh, Gypsy creams here. It's actually fairly. Would it be sensible now for England? There may be changes for Melbourne to to give some of the Lions boys a go with with the series already gone. Um, to be honest, I don't. I, I mean, it, it's often. That's often the view from the sidelines, but I don't think you'd ever find that that view um, in kind of grown-up administrator circles. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a myth that bounces around on Twitter, and it's easy copy for journalists. The reality is, I think they'll stick to the the players they've got because the new guys have done well, and they're hardly yeah. going to go sh- dropping the likes of Stuart Broad and Mo and Ali at this stage. I think they'll probably go with a with the similar the, the same side, apart from Overton, of course, he's struggling with a rib injury. 
um, as far as Melbourne. And you, you could see Mason Crane making an appearance at Sydney, mm. um, which would be fascinating. That, that's one thing. I, don't, I think it'd be a great. I think that would be a wonderful move later on. But you know, that's a, that's a test away. So no, I, I, I think whenever you hear about wholesale, you know, changes to bring the give the guys a go. You know, this is international cricket. This isn't you know, this isn't a nonsense. This isn't nursery. I mean, do you know, don't for a minute think that anybody deserves a test cap just for the fact they're on the tour. You've got to earn it. Uh, sounds like a nursery where you are at the moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, now, Sue, this is very exciting. Sue is off to Melbourne and Sydney for the first time. Have you ever been to Melbourne and Sydney, Baron? I have, yes. I've spent, um, spent quite a while in Melbourne in, uh, in the millennium and, and back in 2002. And uh, Sydney, of course, I was there on, on the Ashes Tour 2002. Three. No, 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 because all Sue is asking is any advice for a first-time visitor. Oh, well, Sydney, I mean, there's, um, I mean, obviously Bondi Beach is great fun. Paddington's rather lively around the SCG. I mean, the, the great thing about Sydney is actually the centre of town is a really tight, compact uh, sort of ball of fun, really. There's lots to do. Um, and, uh, I mean, obviously you can go out, go out a little further and go to some of the wineries, etc. But, uh, it, there's, yeah, the Opera House is gorgeous at night. Lots of bars around there. Lots of stuff going on. Um, it's a terrific place to be, Sydney, I have to say. And, of course, um, on New Year's Eve, you have the, um, all the fireworks off the Harbour Bridge. Everybody takes yachts out and sits and watches those in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, under the bridge. It's, it's a wonderful place. Have you been on a yacht then, Baron, at New Year's in Sydney? Of course I have, Jerry. I was a little jet-lagged, if honest, and slept soundly through every single firework, considering about 20 yards away. I thought it was quite a good effort. Uh, Richard sent the most amazing poem uh, after the loss in Perth via Twitter. So I've retweeted it, Baron, because I can't read half the words out, to be honest with you. Now, yeah. this is an exciting moment, Baron. Yes. Our dear friend Martin Emerson up north him yeah. up north has actually sent his question in audio form okay he's so yeah he's a professional professional so i'll play his question baron and then yeah. we'll, we'll get the get the answer from you so here is marty's question greetings from the roca riviera where it is an absolutely gorgeous day today the sun has just come up above the pier and is blazing into our house the river is glistening there are seals and heron out there as well it's the perfect vista here in the north. I know you struggle with the weather where you are because you're too far south and it can't be guaranteed. Uh, anyway, uh, I have a question for Baron. Um, given that England have been so bad in this test series, I'm going to forfeit the Boxing Day test at Melbourne. Rather than watch that, I've decided I'm going to dig out a box set of... Um, some of Barron's favourite 1980s acts. I'm sure he's got them all signed up again now. But I'm just wondering, which ones would he recommend? Would it be Five Star, Billy Ocean or Marillion? Please, could he let me know? Thank you, Marty, on the Roca Riviera. Well, Martin, yes, thank you for that. Um, I think out of the three acts that you've uh, talked about there, it's got to be Billy Ocean, hasn't it? What a wonderful selection of hits he has in the 80s, still touring at the age of 67, lucky enough to work with him the last couple of summers. Uh, an amazing, amazing durable artist with a with a, a voice like chocolate. A voice like chocolate, Billy Ocean. And of course, you've, you've worked with all three of those acts, have you not? I, I don't think I've ever worked with Five Star, and Marillion have slightly passed me by, I have to say. No, I've never worked with the other two. 
Um, but I've certainly worked with Billy, yes. Well done, Baron. Now, I've just got a quick question for my mum, a Christmas question. Okay, you, you want to listen into this, Baron, because I know you cook the whole Christmas lunch. <laughs> mum, uh, tip for everybody about how they should cook their Brussels sprouts, please. Um, don't, as, as Johnny said earlier, don't overcook them. So I'd say about five to seven minutes. But within our family, the most important thing is put a little cross on the bottom and give everybody a, a, a kiss on their Brussels sprouts at Christmas. Wise words there, Baron. Lovely. Give everybody a kiss all your Brussels sprouts, Baron, for Christmas. That's a very, good point. Yeah, very, 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 good very, point. very good cross. Are you cooking on Christmas Day, Baron? I'll be, I'll be in the chair. I'm not quite sure what, actually. Got, got in contact with... Um, with our wonderful local butchers, Seabright in Seabright's in uh, Hazelby this morning. That'll be free turkey, free turkey next year, Baron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, actually, we're going beef this year. Well, we might not be, judging by the fact that um, uh, there's not a lot of beef left, and I have to ring up again tomorrow to find out what scraps we might be able to get hold of. So, still a bit of work to be done in the Baron household. That's extraordinary. So, you don't go turkey on Christmas Day? No, the kids aren't big fans, and also I've done usually by the time I get to Christmas. I've, I've been to, I think, seven Christmas parties. The kind of things where you pre-order back in April, and every mm. time you turn up, think, oh, I've done turkey again, when everybody else is having braised ox cheek. So, um, yeah, I'm done with turkey. Kids aren't fat, but they love a bit of beef. Braised ox cheek. What sort yeah. of... Uh, we could all imagine the sort of parties you're going to, Baron. Uh, are you, I take it, though, you're in, in charge of a tipple on, on Christmas Day? Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> having, yeah, obviously... Um, Guinness, I mean, I'm going, I'm going to kick off with, with strong coffee uh, to get me through the start of the day. Then we're going to go Guinness in the pub, I think, um, probably two rounds, and then Ooh. champagne, Ooh. and then a lively red from the top shelf. Not quite Ooh. decided what's coming out of the barren top shelf, but, but, but more would be the, decided later down Ooh. the line. But, so, yeah, all looking good. Ooh. Well, it sounds absolutely marvellous. Now, I think people this week, Baron, I don't know if you yeah. saw it, thought I'd had a bit to drink uh, when I had a bit of a rant on Twitter. They they announced the um, they announced the England Lions to the West Indies, um, and no Rory Burns in there again. Um, and I got a little bit. I'll go. Uh, I do. I'm cross, Baron. I'm genuinely cross about this. And and my. Uh, one one thing here, I think, is Ben Duckett's been hung out to dry, number oh, one. Completely. Yeah, completely well, hung out to dry. Can I, just, can I just say something on that Ben Duckett thing? I'm not going to say what allegedly happened, but he was definitely not the first person to, to pour a drink, and I don't understand why he's been carved up over this. It's actually a, a disgrace of mismanagement, I feel. And it just it makes no sense to me at all why he's been... He's almost the scapegoat, more so than Ben Stokes, for this tour fiasco. It makes no sense at all. Yeah, ben, ben Duckett can, can find himself a very, very unlucky man. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that entirely. Now, I, I think people... I go on about Rory Burns the whole time. Rory Burns does not need me backing him up, although he sounds like he's got some support there where you are at the moment. He does it. He's a big boy. I, he, I know that. It's not just Burns. It, what The bit that gets to me on all of this is... We're going to hear from certain quarters again, aren't we, that county cricket is the problem. But my attitude to that is county cricket is not the problem. County cricket is the solution. As long as you pick the people from county cricket and get them in who are actually performing well in county cricket. And I think where he has been unfortunate is that 
and I, I think this is wrong, he hasn't been in that England, so-called England system early enough. And if you don't get in that, I think to break him from the outside is nigh on impossible, to be honest with you. And look, I get you have to be fit, and I get diet, and I get mentally tough, but surely, surely, if you're a batsman, your currency is runs. If you're a bowler, your currency is wickets. You know, if 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 Rory can go and run his shuttle runs two seconds quicker, has he got more of a chance of getting picked for England? You know, and, and my other point here as well, Baron... And I don't know who's watching any county cricket that makes these decisions. Now, I know that the selection committee... Look, Bayliss has put his hands up and said, I don't watch any county cricket, which is never a, never a great start. Um, and I, I honestly think they are not asking the right people who should be getting into Lions and also getting um, in, into England teams. Because... You're, that I think if you get into that England system early, you're earmarked, you're in. You're not getting out of it unless you yeah. do something appalling. So you're in. However many times you get it wrong. And and what, the other thing here is, Baron, what, looking at the fixtures for next season, right? Is there... I may have this wrong, but there might be a chance. It happened this year, didn't it? Balance got pulled out to play a Lions match when Yorkshire were playing Surrey. Why? Why? It, it's ridiculous. England have got to Australia. I haven't seen Australia putting Australia A out against England. It, it just it just makes no sense to me because half the time it's centrally contracted players as well who aren't playing enough county cricket, and it just makes me cross. And the thing that I'm most cross about is I don't think they're asking the right people opinions on 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 who should be playing. Go and ask the umpires. They, they see it. Go and ask. There are so many talented local journalists and broadcasters out there who see every game. And us. And us. Uh, who see, I'd even bring British. Well, I was going to say this. If they want me, Baron, I'll put my hands up here. They want me, I'll do it for free and I'll bring my own biscuits. But I would love to sit and I say, I would absolutely love it to see what names are coming up. Because the other thing I've got here is, how much second division cricket are they watching? They're not watching a huge amount of first division cricket. I'm delighted for Sam Northeast that he's finally got in there, but he should have been in there three years ago. Yeah, you know, and yeah, it just, it just, it just drives me mad because, as I say, Rory Burns does not need me backing him up in any way, shape, or form. He's a big boy who can fight his own battles. But this is a lad who, in the first division, bangs out a thousand first-class runs every season. Who batted for ten hours against Hampshire last season, made a double hundred, does it against the new ball week in, week out. Mentally, one of the toughest players I know, and he doesn't get a look in. And I, I said on Twitter, if if you're going to tell me he's unorthodox, I've got one answer for you. I've got two answers for you actually. Steve Smith, Graham Smith. Now let let's be honest, aesthetically. They, they don't look the best, do they? But, boy, do they deliver. So, I, I, am, I am confused. I'd love an answer from someone in power to me to say, at some point, face-to-face, -face, this is how we pick. They, they won't, because they couldn't care what I think. But this is how we come up with these names. Yeah, I think the Lions is a really interesting one, because Mark Stoneman, 
And the first time he played Lions cricket, wasn't it? It was the age of 30 in the, in the build-up. Yeah, but the, the thing there, JB, I'll tell you this for free. I'll tell you this for free, okay? They put him in that game because they wanted to have a look at him because they, yeah. they weren't convinced that what he was doing in county cricket was the right thing for test cricket. Yeah. What, what is that? What, what's going to be different? It's still a red ball coming towards you yeah. and he can still yeah. bat. Yes, I mean, the other interesting thing about this, Churchy, is that the Lions back in my... I, used to, I, I seem to remember that Oish, Oish Shah made his Lions debut age 17, didn't he? You know, it was, back in the day, it was used as a, very, you know, as a developmental process for young, for young cricketers um, alongside the age groups. Whereas these days, I think it's, still, I think it's somewhere between uh, getting established players in there and having a look, but otherwise, really, it's for, for developing younger, younger players and seeing, you know, it's the next stage of the system. What, what I think Rory Burns has to do, and the problem that's probably counted against him is not the weight of runs, it's that irritating conversion from 50s to 100. If he was to, to up that particular dynamic of his game, and also I think, you know, sorry, sorry, well, look, 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 hang on, JB, I'm not, not, not to stop you in full flow. I never do that, but I'm going to now. Let's take Rory out of this, OK? I'll give you some other names. North East has finally got in, all right? James Hildreth. James Hildreth has banged runs out for the last five, six, ten seasons for Somerset. Robson. Brown at Essex. What on earth has Adil Rashid done? I, I don't know. Well, what's happened there? As well, so... so what I'm saying to you, I'll give you another name and people will go, oh, it's sorry. I'll give you another name who would have been worth his salt in Australia on this tour. The way he bowled at the end of last season and the way he can bat, Ricky Clark would have been worth his salt in Australia yeah, because he, he, bowls that, that he bowls that right way and he's experienced and he knows what he's up to. But again, there's another one that they don't pick him because they think, you know, he's too old or whatever. He's yeah. past it. And and what I'm saying, JB, is it just be, it doesn't seem to be any consistency here whatsoever. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is. It's been very confusing the way in which um, certain selectorial decisions have been made over the last couple of seasons, and I, I, I suspect that may well continue. Um, I think, uh, with, you know, with Rory's case in point, I think it's it'll be a quite if he. You know, there's potentially, I hate to say it, another opening berth up for grabs this summer. Um, we thought we saw what damage the five, te- the five nil, sorry, four, four nil um, defeat did to Cook and his captaincy last year. If he fails to score in the next couple of the couple of test matches, has he the hunger and desire to continue? I suspect he may well have a, another summer, but if that form continues into a couple of tests next year, I'd imagine there might be another opportunity, which would be a real shame because England cricket, ideally, should be benefiting from a, a you know from a man released from from uh, from some of the concerns of captaincy over the next four years. Cook could be you know an icon by the time he finishes his career, but there's a real danger that he'll he'll uh, lose his way in the next in the next ten, eight months or so. Hey, look, JB, they're never going to invite us to a selection meeting, but I don't know, just, Mum, are you worried that I got that het up? No, because I know how much it means to you, and also you do watch the game uh, along with Johnny, so you see all the people. So 
I, I think it's probably done you good to say something. I've got it. I've got it off my chest next to my mum. So that that's that's always always a good thing. We could be here for hours. We could get into sort of county championship being pushed to the margins and the wickets and all that. But we won't. That's already, that's already happening. Well, there. But I'm waiting, as I say, Baron. I'll wait for the report to come out. But we we, we won't do that now. It's Christmas. So. Got, Barrett, I know that you've got to go. Mum's got to ring Auntie Pauline as well. She's <laughs> yeah. thankfully got in touch with Auntie Phyllis this morning, but needs to <laughs> needs to wish Auntie Pauline a happy Christmas. I know you've got to get away as well. So just yeah. very quickly, Baron, your thoughts about Melbourne, please, and, and the uh, test match coming up. Yeah, I mean, England have fared quite well in Melbourne over the years. Uh, I remember that extraordinary game. Was it 98? It was. It came from nowhere. Now, just just know, one sec, Baron, just one sec. Who was captain in 98, Anna? Alex Stewart. Yes, the lovely Alex. The lovely Alex Stewart. There How did I get that wrong? The lovely Alex Stewart. Uh, the, the lovely Alex Stewart. I mean, that was, I mean, interestingly enough, although the, the actions had gone, the series was alive going into Sydney. I mean, that was, a, you know, you look, at, you look at that performance, what a miracle that was. And they were unlucky possibly not to get through that Sydney test and come out, come, come out to all. So I think Sydney, uh, sorry, Melbourne, could be quite an interesting game. England have a, a reasonable record over time. It's just, it, it's just what state is their fragile confidence? Mm. Uh, they need that. They need a, They need conditions to go in their favour. Um, they could probably do with, you know, winning the toss in the kind of conditions they faced when they won there in in ten eleven. That would be the ideal scenario. If it's if it's flat and takes any turn, then you you just can't really see anything other than Australia going four nil, and then well, the reality of five nil. Is striking once they reach Sydney. I tell you what, Mitch Marsh looks a better signing every every minute, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. So that, well, that, that, more than useful. I mean, yes, trying trying to replace the likes of Kumar Sangakkara is never easy, but uh, we've we've got we've seen some good signs, Church, in recent times. Now, very quickly, Baron, because I can tell from your yeah. voice you've got to get going. Yeah. Um, Christmas for you, Baron. Obviously, set in the Baron household. How much are you looking forward to your Christmas? And and do you want to just a few words for everybody at Christmas time a bit like the well, Queen's uh, speech really yeah I, well firstly I'd, li- I'd like to really thank the, the 2,000 plus people that have listened into our podcast since we started it, it's just done for a bit of fun um, I really appreciate uh, people actually bothering to take time over it um, you know hopefully it's something that might grow through the course of next year everybody have a, a wonderful Christmas um, really looking forward to it uh, it should be a, it's a wonderful period isn't it it really is especially with the kids about a little bit stressful can be a little stressful let, let's not hide from that but uh, I think it'll be a wonderful time Church you know you and you and yours have a great time and, and everybody have a terrific holes we'll see you we'll see you the other side okay Baron thank you very much just a, one last question from me very quickly yes, are we on iTunes yet uh, not as far as I'm aware of but I'll give it a go yeah you were doing that last week yes that didn't work out well, did it? No, it Baron's actually, he's actually running away because I can see him leaving on FaceTime <laughs> now. So he's off. Literally he's literally running away. Running away. So happy, bir- happy birthday, Johnny Baron. Happy Christmas to Johnny Baron. Johnny, uh, Johnny will be back, of course, for, ahead of Sydney. Uh, so we'd just like to wish uh, England and all the supporters out there in Melbourne uh, have a great time. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the Boxing Day test because it's a, a heck of a... Heck of a thing. At the moment, everybody, I'm just watching Johnny Barron's double chin. It's an extraordinary thing to see running through the country club to try and get to his car to zoom off towards Greenwich, I think. But he's, he's actually gone out of gone out of connection. Mum, I've still got mum here. Mum, a, a message for, for, for everybody? 
Oh, everybody, have a lovely Christmas. Enjoy every second of it. And please have a healthy and happy new year. Absolutely. We'll, we'll leave the, the final words there to Mother. But uh, from me, happy Christmas, everybody. Uh, I hope you get everything that you want from Father Christmas. And Baron and I will be back with you ahead of the Sydney team. 